Welcome to Sound Advice with Phyllis Nichols. This podcast is for women and the men who love them who are determined to make a difference in the world. You'll hear from other women who followed their own path to success and are willing to share what they've learned along the way. Be ready to laugh, learn, and be inspired. Who knows? Your story could be next. Your host, Phyllis Nichols, will make sure you see the possibilities in your own life And even better, she'll give you the proven strategies to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hi, I'm excited to introduce today's podcast guest, Pamela Slim. Pam is a gifted writer, entrepreneur coach, and speaker, and she does it all while being a great mom, a friend, and a connector and creator. Pam's always doing something new and exciting. She's an award-winning author and speaker and business consultant, and she's been an entrepreneur herself for 20 years. Her passion for career and organizational development spans many different work modes and client engagements. She spent the first 10 years as a business consultant to large companies like Hewlett Packard and Cisco Systems where she worked with thousands of executives and managers and employees. In the last 11 years, she's helped hundreds of people start and grow successful businesses, probably more than that. She built a powerful online presence at Escape from Cubicle Nation, a site designed for corporate employees who were looking to leave corporate and make the shift to entrepreneur. At Escape, Pam developed and taught business building courses for thousands of entrepreneurs, and she works with companies who are serving the small business space. Uh, companies like Infusionsoft and Citrix. Pam's most recent book, Body of Work, Finding the Thread that Ties Your Story Together, gives a fresh perspective on the skills required to thrive in the new world of work. And as we all know, things are definitely changing, both in the corporate world and the entrepreneur space. Skills and things that were counted on several years ago are just all shifting. Pam is really great at putting her finger on the pulse and really understanding how that impacts you as either an employee in the corporate space or as an entrepreneur. In 2016, Pam opened K, a place to grow small business in downtown Mesa, Arizona. In this space, Pam is conducting workshops, featuring masterclasses from experts. Um, She's doing a lot of really great, amazing work and community building as well, while she's supporting the local business community there in Mesa near where she lives. The website page about the podcast, I'll be sure to put links to both of Pam's books. But please, if you're not connected with her now, I would encourage you to go to PamelaSlim.com and make sure you opt in to get emails from her. The information that she shares and writes about are truly helpful. Pam, as always, is very forward-thinking and something I certainly appreciate about her and always find value in the information she shares. So without any further delay, let's go right to the interview. Well, hi, Pamela. Welcome to the Sound Advice Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So I always start with the podcast uh, the, with a question about the sound advice, the best sound advice that you've received in your business or in your life that's been really meaningful for you. This is very timely because I've been in lots and lots of conversation with one of my very smart clients. Uh, his name is Mark Otto. And uh, he... It was is working on a book and was sharing something with me that ever since I heard it, it just has resounded so profoundly that I think it's going to totally inform the rest of my life. Wow. <laughs> not not okay. to mention <laughs> the work that I do and all of that. And 
what Mark says um, is that your potential, so, you know, the knowledge you have and your skills and all of that does not have a direct correlation with your results if you don't very specifically and methodically and with focus really address the barriers that keep you from moving forward and performing. And I hadn't really thought about it before in, in the clear way that, that he talks about, where when I think about all the work that I've done as a coach over decades now, right, and just my own path, right. recognizing that so often what we do if we feel stuck, so in your context for your listeners, where you're trying to make sales, right, you're trying to reach your ideal customers and you're trying to make sales, and what we often do is spend most of our energy just focusing on trying to amp up our potential. You know, if I just knew that one method that I could do, and if, I, oh my God, I get the right CRM, and then I get my 30-second speech, great, and, you know, I know how to close, and, you know, all these things. And uh-huh. these are great bits of information, right? These are things that can be super helpful when you get <clears throat> carefully curated, like, tools and advice and all of that. But usually the thing that really holds you back from results is really in not having that focus and recognizing the patterns that every single one of us can fall into that keep us from really, you know, creating what we want to create. So sometimes it's procrastination or perpetual, you know, lack of resources or always focusing on what's tomorrow as as opposed to the long-term picture. And so I just kind of love the way that he so clearly and succinctly described it, but it just made a lot of sense to me in terms of understanding where some people can you know, can get stuck. And I know as a coach and somebody who's a connector and always wanting to provide ideas, I'm always like, oh, you know, they just need the next big idea. And sometimes (laughs) they just need a really deep conversation about, you know what, this pattern that you keep repeating, let's look at that. You know, what are you afraid of and how can we address that? Well, yeah, that's actually very, um, it's a definitely, gosh, it's a great perspective. The one thing that I really want to pick up on, because we talk about this with barriers, and we know that fear is often one of our biggest barriers, either, you know, fear of, um, I was teasing a friend yesterday about, you know, fear of missing out. And I said, sometimes, you know, I think in, we have fear of moving forward. Um, can So in this kind of context, if someone is, again, you know, you're, you're encouraging us to maybe not proceed the next new shiny thing, um, just to really get super clear on our, you mentioned the word patterns, our patterns of uh, maybe the behavior and things that we've done or the way that we've continued, we stopped ourselves. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell our listeners if we're in that kind of cycle or we feel like, okay, great, I'll, 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 I'll take a moment and I'll put everything on pause until I figure this part out. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the neat ways that you can begin to tune into that. And it's useful to look at, um, let's, you know, let's just talk about kind of a sales context because it's one of my favorite topics. I know it's one of your favorite ones. Yeah, <laughs> that, That's it the is. core engine, you know, to business. And so you might notice that in the last five or six uh, conversations that you had from a selling perspective, you know, and, and maybe looking at cases where you weren't successful, if you can stop and reflect on each of those different situations, <clears throat> excuse me, and then really tune into what was going on. How are you feeling? Like what, what was going on when you were, you know, engaged in those conversations? Sometimes there can be the case where you just know that you're kind of missing, that you're not really speaking the language of, of your client, that there's something that's not there. Sometimes you might feel like you're really not prepared. You might feel a little bit anxious 
um, sometimes we get the, 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 the feeling of less than, so the imposter syndrome that starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. What I encourage, I think I wrote about this way back in, in my first book, An Escape from Cubicle Nation, mm-hmm. was to just write down very specifically, like, what were all these fears were that were going on in your head? Oh, my God, you know, what if they think I'm too expensive? What if they're <laughs> going to go with somebody else? What if I can't solve their problems? What if I can't promise the outcomes that I'm talking about? What about if this is going to be, you know, too difficult to to deliver? And usually within that, when you begin to really zero in on these particular fears, that's where they can start to lead you to patterns. And sometimes they're patterns of um, lack of preparation. And I say this like fully put it, raising my hand in the air. Um, one of the things <laughs> I've learned about myself through the years, thank God for being a coach and taking every assessment possible, <laughs> is uh, there's a, 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 a tool called the Colby Index, K-O-L-B-E. And mm-hmm. it, it analyzes your MO, your kind of modus operandi. And I am what they call a uh, rate. Well, they don't call it a raging. I call it a raging quick start. I'm very high on the quick start, <laughs> which means that I can take really quick action, huge amount of risk. I can get an idea and I can implement it very quickly. And that's really how mm-hmm. we think. Other components, which can become a barrier in an ongoing pattern that can get in my way if I don't address them or that I won't always be interested in following through in every single detail related to the implementation of that idea, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes for people who, where you might find yourself in that similar pattern, recognize that you start to feel anxiety when you're pitching big things that you realize you don't know all the different moving pieces, right? And maybe you really got your proposal together, you know, until midnight the night before and you have the conversation, you're kind of writing on a caffeine high, but you don't necessarily feel like you've really taken the time to thoroughly understand the needs and concerns of a client, you know? So that that's like one case of what can happen. Another case, which can be a common pattern, is you do have this tape going on in your head that... Uh, I, I I don't know if I can really deliver what I say I'm going to deliver. I, maybe maybe they don't trust in my expertise, and those are mental thoughts. They're they're patterns of thoughts that you have. Um, my my mentor Martha Beck, who I train with as a coach, I love what she says about this. That pretty much any kind of recurrent thought that just brings you a lot of emotional pain, by its definition, is not true. Right? Like if you're just constantly feeling like I'm not good enough. I mean good thing is you can do things about not being good enough, right? But if you're right. constantly thinking, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm insert age, right? Too young, yeah. too old, too whatever, then that is going to drive your results. And so um, as, you know, as we're looking at our patterns, as we're looking at, at looking at situations where we have been really successful, that's super useful to look at patterns, right? Right. What were you thinking? How were you preparing? How were you caring for yourself? How were you really digging in and making sure that you were listening carefully uh, to that prospect? And then the same thing is true when you have situations where you're not producing what you want to produce. And, you know, it usually leads to those like, ugh those bits of truth that like, oh, really? Really? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that and for being candid. I'm kind of like you. I, I actually call it, I'm a, like a serial starter, you know? You know, I love the new idea. I love um, all of that sort of strategy and thinking and kind of rolling with it really quick. So I can totally relate to that particular pattern. <laughs> and I like what you shared with this, um, Martha's. Would you mind repeating uh, Martha's quote again? Because I think that's really powerful and it's something I want people to make sure they sort of really hear. 
Yeah, what, what she says is any, you know, recurrent negative thought that just brings you continued emotional pain is by its definition not true. Right. So the like, I'm not worthy or who am I to be thinking I could do this or that? Um, you know, if that's something that's recurring, then it's, it's, it's really not true. It's sort of that internal chatter that we kind of just go to and it's just sort of there for us. It is. And she makes a distinction. She calls it clean pain and dirty pain, you know, which I think is kind of a fun way to look at it where mm-hmm. I'm really a very pragmatic person. I think in coaching so many people in early stage startup and then just working in organizations where there's high yeah. stakes, Um, Mm -hmm. people's livelihoods at risk, you know, families' livelihoods at risk when people are starting businesses and growing businesses. You know, I believe in being super pragmatic about that. And there are situations where sometimes we don't have the skills or capacity or capability yet to do what we want to do, right? And so there can be a case where you're like, oh, my God, I feel totally out of my league. And when you define it, you can say, oh, yes, because I don't really understand this. It's new. I need different kind of preparation in order to do it. So that thought can be, wow, I'm kind of over my head. I need a lot more information and support in order to get through this successfully. That to me is an example of kind of a a clean pain thought. Right. True. Right. The dirty pain is I'm never good enough. Everybody always rejects me. Everybody's cuter, smarter, thinner, more successful, you know, name what it is than I am. And it's like, that is never true. That's just a pattern that you continue to um, to repeat. And it just it doesn't have any path of resolution. And I, I just don't find it helpful at all. Right. And I think you just nailed it there with the path of resolution. You're right. There are going to be times maybe, especially if we're looking to do new things and we're really pushing ourselves to grow personally and professionally, you're you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're like, oh, wow, like I'm a little bit in over my head. That's, you know, that's growth. However, you're right. If there's no... Um, way to resolve that or there's no way to, to sort of get a strategy and go, okay, what what's the missing thing? What am I missing? Is it education or resources or skills or what have you? You know, if you can't identify that, then, um, you know, if it's, then that's where we kind of get into trouble. Yeah. And it's, you know, boy, for, for doing the, the marketing and selling part of our businesses, like that's the place where you just have to have real rigor in how it is that you are preparing yourself and you're treating yourself and, and just being, um, really, really clear about how it is that you're, you're approaching each and every situation. It's funny. I, I grew up in Marin County, California, which is right mm-hmm. across from the Golden Gate Bridge in the, in the Bay Area. Right. And we're really renowned for being kind of self-helpy, you know, groovy, yeah. hippie people, which, you know, hey, right. that's, that's part of my roots. That's totally part of who I am. My husband's Navajo, you know, traditional Navajo medicine man. So, you know, <laughs> the roots of like energy run deep, you know, in me. And at the same time, I really love uh, you know, pragmatic business oriented things and, and believe in that too. It's interesting through the years as, as I've done this work over time and talk with so many interesting people like you have right on my own podcast or interviewing people in books and, and talking with colleagues and so forth. I just realized that your your energy, the way in which you're really clear about how it is that you are thinking really clear, positive thoughts, that you're preparing yourself, that you are recognizing the kind of energy that you're bringing into a situation really has a lot to do with what your results are. And all of the very tactical things that are really necessary in being effective in business, which I just 
believe in so much. I mean, I just love having, you know, organized information and methodical practices and daily seeding that you're doing of prospects and just, you know, all these really good things you can do tactically. If it's kind of messed up by not feeling well, by not thinking about, you know, how you're connecting with people. One thing that I, um, I notice a lot is it, that makes such a huge difference in how it is that people feel when they're interacting with you. And I, I find sometimes there's different segments of business, different philosophies and different values that people have. But sometimes I notice, I just, you know, tend to look back and say, if I hear people talking about their, uh, their prospects or potential customers as targets, you know, and just everything is about conversions and, Ooh, you know, I spoke from this yeah. page that day and I can, I, converted this many people and like having the glee just about the numbers. I I mean, it's so exciting when you make a big sale and that you can feel so good about that. But I always sit back in my chair, you know, looking at my computer screen saying, hmm, over time, that's probably not creating the best, most authentic kind of connection you can make with your audience of everything about the way that you're talking about your business is just related to kind of conversion and numbers and all of that. And that that kind of feeling, you realize when you're thinking about it that way, you do start to shift how it is that you're really tuning into the human beings that you want Mm -hmm. to be in business with. And I think it tends to shift you away from what is going to make you successful in business, which is really being in tune with the human beings that are the people who are buying your products and services and thinking about what their experience is, caring about them, whether they purchase mm-hmm. from you or not, caring right. about their well-being, want them, wanting them to make good decisions that are coming from a position of financial wellness and wholeness as opposed to you know, despair and desperation. And uh, I don't know, I just find it kind of fascinating just recognizing how it really does make a big difference, how you're really preparing yourself energetically for, you know, for connecting with people. Yeah, well, I I love what you just stated because I, I as, again, you know, being a salesperson, um, you know, there's an ethical standard that I've always held myself to and, and my mentors taught me to do that in the be- very beginning of my sales career. But you're right, like, you know, the you're always going to win if your customer's best interest is always your best interest, right? It doesn't mean you're always going to get the sale, but you're going to, over the long time of your career, you know, you're always going to do well, or at least that's been my experience. And some of what you talked about, I think, comes out too with, um, I talk with clients about intention, right? Even the way that we write, the way that we communicate our information, um, and the way that we show up. I've always admired the way that you um, are in uh, up on social media, for example. You know, you're very consistent. Um, I think you're very real and people sort of, um, I think, get a real good feel of who you are, even if they haven't talked with you or interacted with you. I mean, I've never met you in person, but I feel like I kind of know you because I've read a lot of your stuff and, and you talk very sincerely about um, lots of things in your life. And so... You know, the way that we show up, I think, really comes through. And when there's a disconnect with that, like you mentioned, sometimes then, you know, we really do get off track or we start to not really see results because that intention or that clarity sort of gotten all messed up. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that it's it's having alignment, which is which is the biggest thing I think that's important for how it is that people choose to interact, because everybody has really different 
perspectives and tolerances for mixing their personal and professional. I mean, I couldn't keep it sure. separate if I tried. It's just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I, it, would, it would just get too confusing and like, oh my God, who should I share this post with? Like, are my clients not my friends, but they kind of are, right. but they're, they're my client, you know? And, and so yeah. that, that's just me. That's the way that I, I tend to live my life and that feels really comfortable. And it feels comfortable to my family. It's something that we've talked about a lot that we talk about what I share, what I don't share, right? I'm, I'm very sure. careful to not be, you know, humiliating my children by talking about their most vulnerable moments. You know, I'll kind of check with them for what it is that I can post. They tend to watch anyway. My eight-year-old, now that she can read, will like read my Facebook, po- my Facebook feed <laughs> and my text stream. So I have to really be really <laughs> clean and with integrity in that one. Um, but, you know, for, for each person, based on what your comfort level is and who you really are and what you value, that is what people are going to connect with where you have alignment and consistency in how it is that you practice. And I know some people in my life who I just hold so dear, where I really don't know much about them personally at all, but I love the way that they show up. You know, professionally, they're always so consistent and they have just, you can just feel that there's alignment and you can respect the fact that maybe they make a choice not to be sharing so much about, you know, what's going on personally. So, I mean, those, those kinds of things, there's a number of benefits to it. One of them is you don't have to think so hard if you're, if you're simply, presenting right. yourself in Absolutely. in the world and in business the way that you really are, then you don't mm-hmm. have to keep track of which persona that you're using. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, right. and then you don't have to worry about being found out because, you know, sooner or later, it, every everything can be found out, right, with social media, right? I, there's just that it's, I mean, in some ways it's a little bit scary that, you know, in every moment of our personal and professional <laughs> lives can be tracked and watched and shared. And, and there's a part that's, that's that's a little bit frightening and you know, we don't really have the privacy that we used to have but on the other side maybe if we look at it in a certain way it can help keep us in alignment and with integrity thinking ugh you know maybe i really don't want to behave that way to right. a waitress you know in a restaurant because maybe somebody is watching but you know what maybe it's just not a good thing to do as a human being to mistreat somebody and not be nice you know maybe it's shaping us for the better if we choose to no, absolutely. Um, I think so. And, and I, I like that word alignment because I think, um, first of all, it's, you're right. It's just sort of the easier way to go, right? Just say, this is, this is how I choose to be in the world. And these are the kind, this is the way I'm going to base my decisions and the things that I do. So for people who are listening, um, I, and they're hearing us talk about this, you've shared a ton of really great information. But before we go, if there's somebody that's really kind of struggling with this whole concept of, um, just giving the, well, whether the permission, maybe that's not the right word, but just really um, encouraging them to embrace that and embrace sort of being who they are and not feeling like they have to try to do it the Pamela Slim way or the other, you know, what other, you know, another way. Um, what would you advise for them to do that if they're in that space right now? Um, the first part is just reflecting on who you are, just as you said, what, what's important to you? What do you value? What do you believe in? What are things, uh, my, my friend Todd Henry, who wrote Accidental Creative and Die Empty, um, talks about what would you lay your body down for and say, not on my watch, wow. right? Really, yeah. what, what, are, what are things that you really stand for? And usually when you think about it that way, it 
brings you to an emotional place where you just you realize, oh, you know, I, I can never stand bullying of any kind or, you know, right. I'm very big for justice and fairness and, you know, things right. really need to be fair. And what, whatever those things are, um, first kind of excavate for yourself what are your core beliefs and what are the things that you value? And it's really worth taking some time to do that and, and really reflect on it. There's a great um, assessment, the VIA survey, VIA, which is a free survey you can take. It's, I think it's 26 different um, elements of, that are based on positive psychology. So they're all positive characteristics that you have, but you get the list that's sorted in order for you of priority. So although they're all positive characteristics, you can tend to look maybe at your top five that can help give you a little bit of insight if you can't just come up with them on your own. And then based on that, when you're clear as to some of the things you realize that are an important part of who you are, then you can think very clearly in each of the areas of your life and business in which you interact, you know, how am I going to use these values to guide my decisions? I find it's helpful to have them up on a wall or, you know, available on your phone or something so you can refer to them in difficult situations. But you can think it through very pragmatically. That's part of how it is that my assistant Sheila and I will talk about how it is that we do our design, our business processes and everything mm-hmm. is simple from what am I going to promise in, in a new program, right? How, how can we really make sure that it's based on what our values are, what we believe to be true, but also what kind of policies do we want to have in place? You know, how can we, right. if we believe in, you know, integrity and fairness and, and clarity, can we have wiggly uh, refund policies, right? Where we, you know, just kind of right. let it happen all willy-nilly. And so it just, in all ways, I think it helps to set those kind of parameters. And then you think about it, the nice thing about social media in a way is that you you realize that it does really tell a story. And so then when you, you can either look back if you already have been on social media and just look at your timelines, you know, whatever kind of tools that you use, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and and step back and look at it and say, what what's the aggregate of maybe within a month's time or something? What kind of story am I telling by what it is that I'm sharing? And is that story in integrity with what it is that I value and that I believe, what it is that I want to do, what I want to contribute to the world. So that's one thing I know I keep in mind a lot when I am posting. Um, You know, I definitely care about about social justice and, you know, I, I, I really want, you know, care deeply about what's happening in my community and I want folks to have, you know, fair access to things and all of that. The way that I also choose to share information is I always want to be um, kind of sharing from a perspective of helping, of providing resources, of showing positive stories of people that are doing, you know, really cool things. If I do Mm -hmm. share a challenging story, I like to maybe provide a resource for what it is that you can do about it so that I don't just share doom and gloom all the time because that's not really in alignment with who I am and what I want to be, right? I want to be contributing toward a force for good and helping people to feel better, to feel stronger, more capable. And so in the aggregate, that's what I'm hoping that the story that, you know, social media is sharing tells. And because I've chosen to be in business and I've chosen to live the kind of life I have, I, I do I do think about it. You know, it's not some some people rightly so. Again, what, what can be alignment for them is saying, hey, whatever I think or feel, that's what I'm going to share because that's being authentic. And that's awesome where it is aligned also with what you believe and what it is that folks who you want to serve through your business really need and want to hear. Right. Wow. That's great advice. And I love that idea of just sort of reviewing 
your social media to kind of see, again, like the story that you're telling um, about who you are. I think that's really powerful advice. Um, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, for our listeners, there will be links to some of the resources that Pamela has mentioned today, and then we'll also have links to how you can connect with her and get information about her books. Thank you so much, Pamela, for taking time out of your schedule to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, have a great day. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Till next time, have fun, be you, and share your sound advice with the world. For more info and show notes, or to connect with Phyllis, go to soundadvicesales.com or on Facebook at Sound Advice Sales. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.